Transformers Rise of the Beast sets the Autobots and the Maximals against the Terracons in the year of our Shawshank, 1994. Other than the standalone Bumblebee, this is our first real taste of Transformers without Michael Bay at the helm, so let's see how it rolls out. Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We watch a science fiction film, we talk about it, it's that simple. And we have mm -hmm. been working through the Transformers franchise because there's a new one that's just came out, which is what we're going to talk about today. So we just did all the Michael Bay ones. We actually did Bumblebee like way back at the start of the show. But today we're talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts, which is the seventh Transformers movie. <laughs> and not including, not including the animated one, just you know, live action ones. This is the seventh. So uh, we'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you some warning before we get into it. Uh, and if you were expecting Tron Legacy this week, because we said that's what would be next last time. Well, we skipped a week uh, due to some scheduling necessities, uh, but that's coming up next time. We both watched it, though. We did. I'll have to watch it again, though, because <laughs> we're recording very I soon. I won't mind watching it again. I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> I'm not going to say how much I mind or don't mind that. Keeping it Good close, music, though. Keeping it close to the chest until it's time to talk about Tron Legacy, but we're going to talk about Rise of the Beasts. So, I, I, didn't, I honestly didn't know what to expect going into this one at this point you know i'm so beat down with those michael bay transformers movies that i'm like the the bar couldn't be set lower that, that is absolutely <laughs> true the bar cannot be lower uh so i i didn't know to, to, what to feel like ah uh, at least it'll be good compared to those probably or or what like i, I just i didn't know how to feel but uh the the basic premise of this one is that it's 1994 it's set after Bumblebee, which it's basically treating as like a soft reboot where all the other movies like aren't in the canon anymore. And the Autobots are trapped on Earth. Uh, the villains are called Terracons, led by the main villain Scourge, played by Peter Dinklage, apparently. And then we have the other hero team of uh, Transformers, which are called Maximals, which are the ones that are all animal-based. Uh, led by Optimus Primal, voiced by Ron Perlman. So, that's that's the, the setup. And we got our human characters, of course, uh, which we'll get into, but that, that's the basic setup of it. There's a MacGuffin. Everyone wants the MacGuffin. That this, this key spark thing that'll open a portal or some shit. It's the same old sort of stuff. Uh, so, without getting any further into it, let's just get, let's, get, let's rip the, the, the band-aid off uh as as the americans would say tara how did you feel about transformers rise of the beasts well as stated the bar could not be set lower especially since it's been a while since i've watched bumblebee and i was only like okay on bumblebee um i've always thought that the transformers are cool like they are cool and they could there's in every movie we've watched, there is a good movie in there, but it just gets so weighed down by all this bad stuff in the way. <laughs> but I actually think this one's good. I I I liked it. Like I I had a fun time, and it is long, and the third act is kind of like blah. But like 
of I really like the human characters in this. I thought they're like like if they if the movie didn't have Transformers, I might have even been okay with it. But then like when the Transformers are there, like I liked all of them and they all had characters and like or like character and they all had like the the voice acting was good. I thought for the most part this was a pretty fun blockbuster. And I didn't really have too many complaints other than like the third act being what it is and uh, being a bit drawn out, you know, stretched out. A lot of mm. things feel like they should have happened a lot more quickly than they do. But um, I mean, I, I agree that it's still a bit too long. However, worth mentioning, this is much shorter than any of the Michael Bay ones. This is only yeah. just slightly over two hours and it's like just slightly and no more. Once you take off the credits, you're sub two hours on this. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's more acceptable as far as length goes anyway. Um yeah, I... It's funny, because I kind of agree with some of the things you just said. I think the characters benefit from not being annoying, like all the characters in the Michael Bay movies. So that's yeah, a positive point. I don't think point. anyone was annoying. Well, that's a, that's a positive point up first. Um, obviously, I do appreciate that the Transformers, by and large, do all have characters. You know, there's like four main Autobots, uh, effectively, and they're all memorable enough some get more than others obviously mirage is kind of the main one other than optimus bumblebee gets a fair amount and then rc's kind of not as much but she's still enough that you you know her name you recognize her in a crowd all that kind of stuff uh same with the villains where scourge is the main one but and i wouldn't say the others have much character but they're at least visually distinct enough that i could sort of see very much so you know i could see there's like a sort of the more violet looking female uh villain transformer there's the sort of wider orangey like henchman uh, Terracon. Like, I could, you know, I could see, I, as they kept popping up in each different fight, I was like, okay, I kind of know which this what which one this is from before. And that's something mm-hmm. that I couldn't say about a lot of the previous Transformers movies. So, that's a positive. Obviously, Peter uh, Cullen's great as Optimus Prime. He looks kind of different in this, too. And I, I read that they had actually changed Optimus's face to look more like Peter Cullen. And I, I read that after I watched the film, because the whole film, I was like, Nice Optimus look different. <laughs> you remember he was a flat truck and bumblebee as well, though, right? That's not new. Um, that he looked like that. No, I mean his face is different. Like when he's in his face form. No, I, I get that you're saying that about the face form, but I mean, like he entirely looked like compared to the Michael Bay movies, he looks completely different anyway. And he did in Bumblebee too, because they they made him a flat truck in this, like the cartoon. Well, I honestly, I don't remember Bumblebee. It was like four years ago, but um, I we did just watch all the other ones, and so that's what I'm basing it off of the ones that we watched. <laughs> well, yeah, but that's why I'm saying it's weird because like the rest of his body changed too. Well, yeah, that's not what I'm talking about though. I'm talking about <laughs> like when he has a human-like face. It looks very different from what we've seen before. Sure. And maybe it's the same. Maybe they did that in Bumblebee, but I don't know. There was like a specific trivia thing about that for this film that they changed it to look like Peter Cullen, which I I was a little distracted by because I was just like, why does his face look so weird? Uh, okay. <laughs> I mean, I get what you're saying, but you you have to understand that the, like he's completely different from head to toe as well. Like they've completely redesigned. Yeah, but I don't everything. I don't care that because it's a it's a different time too. Like this place, takes place in 1994, <laughs> so the the trucks would look different. <laughs> they're still flatbed trucks today. It's still a creative choice. Like they, they could well, have had sure. a flat, flat truck. But like I'm saying, yeah, but of course. But like you know, 
1994 was like almost 30 years ago. Like the trucks look different then. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, I love that you're trying to apply like logic to this. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. <laughs> I just. <laughs> Why are you picking this apart? <laughs> It's just well, it's just so weird to me that you, you didn't even notice that the rest of them was different. But you're you're like well, yeah, I noticed it, but it wasn't part of the point I was making because I was talking about uh, okay. his face looking different, like very different from like the, the like even in the other films, like you would think the the face would be consistent, you know. Uh, well, no, because those other films aren't canon anymore, so they're free to do apparently what they want. not yeah. because they bring up Mark Wahlberg in one <laughs> point. Wait, that's your proof? Is that there's a joke about Mark Wahlberg? I didn't realize that these were not uh, canon, like, to the other films. I mean, I'd say the bigger thing to point that out is that in Transformers, like, 2007, they repeatedly act like this is the first time anyone's ever seen a Transformer, including the secret, you know, military and all that. Uh, well, while I was watching it, I was like, I wonder why people don't remember this in the first Transformers. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of explosions happening. It's been, I mean, admittedly, a lot of the fighting, well, not all of it, but like all the big third act stuff all happens kind of like in an isolated area away from civilization. So I, I guess like, you know, people didn't see a lot of that, but still, um, you know, it, it's definitely setting up its own thing that it wants to mm -hmm. continue. Now, it's not actually done that amazing at the box office, so they may not actually go ahead with anything they've got planned but uh we'll see they've got the uh, animated origins movie that's coming out next year anyway because that's already done or at least mostly done so uh we'll definitely see that but um anyway i thought i wasn't done talking about how i felt about it god damn it <laughs> we got so off track <laughs> i blame you for this autobots roll up i never even said what i felt although just agreeing with a few things because I, I, I honestly i think it's kind of mid like i like, I started off, and I think it does some smart, cool little things here or there. Like, I think the way it introduces the villain at the start, uh, where you just see, like, his red light from his chest, like, as he's coming through the forest, so it's, like, this light in the darkness. Like, yeah, I think it's like a horror film. I thought that was good. There's some cool little things like that that they do throughout. Obviously, I appreciate that, you know, we're kind of inching towards, like, finally the Autobots actually being the main characters, and we're not quite there yet, but this is cl as close as we've probably gotten. Optimus kind of has an arc. Where, you know, and not to spoil anything, I'll just say, he kind of starts off not liking humans that much. And then by the end, would you believe it, he likes humans a bit more. Um, that's kind of his thing. So it's like, mm -hmm. okay, th we've got these bare essentials. And I was thinking to myself, if this came out in 2007, if this was the first one, I think it would have been well liked and it would have held up better than that 2007 movie has because it's got more going for it than that. Totally. However, this is the seventh movie. And it kind of feels like we keep getting these very slight incremental upgrades. So while it's better than those five movies, certainly, um, I didn't get around to rewatching Bumblebee, so I really can't say if I think it's better than Bumblebee or not. I don't remember Bumblebee well enough to like make that distinction. But well, it's definitely better than those five movies. Part of me was also like, you know, like I've seen Transformers fighting so much at this point that anytime it went into the action scenes, I was just kind of like. You know, like, you're trying really hard, but I'm just, like, I can't get... Like, I was almost enjoying more when it was just the Transformers talking to each other. Because it was like, yeah, give me more of this. Give me more character development. Like, the action sold hat at this point. Like, I just... 
you know, it's a CGI fest. Of course, that's what it is because it's Transformers. But um, so yeah, but and th- I do th- like them though. Like I, I like the action in this film, and it's easy to follow, and like you are like more invested in the characters because you know each one of them, and like you can tell them apart when they're fighting. Things get slowed down, and you know, it's I don't, I don't know. I thought the action was pretty good, with the exception of the final battle. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the final battle. Um, like. I, it, the, gets, it gets pretty Marvel formula. By there then. was definitely a point as well where, like, I appreciated that it opened with a little bit of Transformers stuff to set up the plot, and then it was like, okay, we're going to spend our time now introducing the human characters, and then we'll bring in the Transformers when it's natural. And there was definitely a point where I hit where I was like, okay, can we get on with this now? I feel like we've been spending 30 minutes getting to know these humans. And don't get me wrong, they are better than Sam Witwicky. They are. Like, I it, actually it, think they're quite good. It, I, I thought the lead was great in this. He's okay. Like he's like honestly, like I don't think anything in this movie is that good. I think it's 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 pretty decent at almost everything it does, but I don't think it excels at anything. And this is the thing: like you're being very positive, and I don't want to like kill the buzz or anything, but mm-hmm. I just kind of felt lukewarm throughout, rather than you know I wasn't mad, I wasn't angry. It was doing things reasonably well. There were small moments I liked or whatever, um, but. I also just, it just felt kind of there. It felt like kind of mid, and I, I never was really able to like get invested or really care that much about what was going on. And I think part of it was just such the generic MacGuffin plot was just like, and, and part of it, again, I think is, yeah, it's the seven Transformers movie, and so many of them have been, we need to find the cube. We need to find the, the Allspark. We need to find the, well, that was the same thing, but <laughs> we need to find... Uh, th- th- you know the shard. The shard. We need to find Sam Wickwicky. We need to we need find, find his glasses. Yeah, find... like it, it's been the same blink, thing blink. every goddamn time. Um, and I think much like the what you said about the previous ones is that I can see the good movie in there, and I can see it cl- more clear in this one than any of those previous ones. It's it's much closer to the surface, but it's still a little bit like like we're just kind of going through the motions at some points um where like we have to have human characters and i think they're better than the characters we had in those old movies but at a certain point i'm thinking you know what this would probably just be better if <laughs> like they weren't around like if we didn't have to stop and do the bonding with the human um although admittedly optimus prime's whole thing in this is that he kind of needs to like learn to love the humans because he doesn't like them very much but uh yeah I don't know. I I was kind of lukewarm and everything. I I just it was it was a very mid experience. I thought by the end, although definitely better than the the five Bay movies. Like I'll say, you know, I'll I'll say that for sure. Um, yeah, I think I like this one more than Bumblebee. I mean, it has been a while, but I I thought Bumblebee was uh was an okay story. I guess it was kind of like it was like another Iron Giant meets like Herbie the Love Bug. Which are both movies that I like, although I like Herbie more. <laughs> You're and, just saying uh, that to hurt me. That's all. That's the reason why you said that. No, Iron Giants is, is a boys' movie. That's not for me. That's all. I, it's it's fine. It's a good movie, and I'm sure if I saw it when I was a kid, I would love it. But I didn't, that's so for, I don't. For people with a heart, <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? But I definitely think this one is is good. Like, this is definitely a better version of those films. Like, all the complaints that we have about those other movies are really kind of gone in this one. Like, apart from, like, 
the third act or the final battle anyway, feeling it like a Marvel third act, um, and being like really stretched out in a way. And like, there's just, uh, there's a lot going on. It's easy to follow, but like, it's just bombarding, you know, <laughs> so much is happening. You get a little bit, um, like, come on already. I kind of just want to see the, the bad guy fight the good guys and not like hordes and hordes and hordes of things. Um, <clears throat> but you know, for the most part, like I really, I really like the Maximals. I was, I was surprised because they seem kind of silly, but I guess maybe because, because they're designed like they've got fur and stuff like that. And they look like animals. <laughs> I immediately give them like a, more of an innocent quality where I'm like, I, I just like them more <laughs> than I do the, the Autobots. I can't agree with that. I don't think, but sure, go on. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's something about them, like where I just I really like the Maximals in this film. They're you know their voice act, the, the acting in it is really good as well. We got Michelle Yeoh, and Ron Perlman is you know always going to be good. It seems like appropriate casting. <laughs> I thought Michelle Yeoh and her character actually were quite great. Yeah, I I think honestly maybe part of the problem is is that it, it, it's just such a like it, if anything it's not really the transformery parts of this that are making it like mediocre to me. It's the generic blockbuster things that are making it mediocre to me because you you you've said a couple times already that the third act's very mm -hmm. kind of marvelly third act, right? And maybe my yeah, problem with this is less cuz cuz yeah, I I thought like, you know, Mirage bonding with the main character and like Optimus having this little arc, like I, I thought, all that was fine. I kind of, when the movie started and it starts off with like a little prelude with the Maximals, I was like, oh, this is a bit Saturday morning cartoon, which honestly is not a bad vibe to go for. No, with your Transformers I thought that movie. was a, a good setup for that, and yeah. I felt the same way. I'm like, oh, this is very cartoony. I like it. Yeah, so far. Um, but I, I think the it is the the overindulgence in the tropes of the modern blockbuster that probably as the movie went on, I was feeling like tired by. Like, I think if you trimmed this down to 90 minutes, I think I would like it a lot more. I think if you like just condensed everything down just to make it a bit more punctual, because uh, honestly, a Transformers movie should not be much longer than 90 minutes. And I, I'm the more I've watched it, the more I've come to this conclusion that it would be helped immensely. Um, you know, and with this one, to be fair, there's less that's obvious that you'd cut out, whereas the previous ones, you're like, oh, cut out all the military stuff, right? That's that's like 25 minutes saved right there. <laughs> cut out the hackers from the first movie. That's another 15, 20 minutes saved. Like, you know, you, you can hack entire things out of that movie mm -hmm, and speed it up. This one's... Take it to a, take it to a cheese grater, really. Yeah. <laughs> this one's a bit more... Uh, you'd have to be a bit more thoughtful with this one. You'd have to... Because, you know, it sets up, like, our main character. He's down in his lock. He's not making money. He's got a sick little brother. You know, it gives you all the things you need to, to feel sympathetic, that he's, mm -hmm. you know, he's he's got all these things going. That, that's all fine. It is, it's doing it's, it's doing what it needs to do. Um, But I wouldn't say it's excelling at any of these things either. It's not like... I came out of this loving the characters. I think they're fine. They're, they're serviceable. They do what they need to do. Uh, the actors are solid enough. Um, I mean, Dominique Fishback, who plays uh, Elena, our female lead, she was on The Deuce, and she was very good in that. Uh, so it was nice to see her here. But I didn't recognize any of the actors. Uh, well, Anthony Ramos, who plays the lead, was on uh, Hamilton, I believe. <gasps> really? I think that I think that's what I saw when I clicked on him. I'll double check. 
Who's playing Hamilton? Hamilton. John Lawrence? I guess I'll have to watch it again. I loved Hamilton. <laughs> John, oh, John Lawrence and Philip Hamilton? He plays two characters? I don't know. Oh, he plays the kid. Oh, okay. Hamilton wasn't that long ago, was it? He <laughs> was. I mean, it, it was. I mean, I've seen Hamilton live, and not with the Broadway cast. I only watched Hamilton once on Disney Plus oh, okay. when it was released. Yeah, I thought it was more recent. Though. But I'm only saying that because you said he played a kid, and you know he's not. He's not that young. No, uh, no. There's like a. I imagine he's playing the son of Alexander Hamilton, who, yeah, grows up to be a young man. Mm. At one point, like in the, in the beginning, he's like a kid, and then he grows up. In the second act, he's slightly older. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so actually, I suppose on that subject, I mean, it's not like a huge deal in the movie, but it is set in 1994, so there's a few little things in there to like. There's a lot. There's a lot to be like. This is 94, 94 guys. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say it's a lot because it goes away. Like once you're in the, the second half of the movie, you don't even it wouldn't, doesn't even matter. It's it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it's all early on. It's, it's the little brother wearing a Power Rangers t-shirt. Uh, mm-hmm, it's playing the, a Game Boy, it's talking the, about defeating Bowser. Yeah, the radio mentioning Marky Marks becoming an actor, and it, that, that feels like a little wink-wink, nudge-nudge, like, you know. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> the, you know, uh, there's a few little <laughs> things like that, and the, the music and, and whatever OJ else. Simpson trial comes up. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, okay, yeah, you mentioned that. All the, all the costumes were pretty good, as far as, like, Giving out like the jackets and stuff are very familiar for '90s. I'm not sure about the hairstyles though. Like I didn't really feel like I was, you know, sent back into the '90s. It kind of has that modern day quantum leap thing going on with the hair. Didn't appreciate that. Yeah, I didn't really. Honestly, despite all the references to like pop culture and stuff, I didn't really get a sense of '90s from it. Other than, of course, the New York skyline is very noticeable. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's true. Like, I, I didn't really feel like there was much in the... the di- I mean, I guess at one point, like, the, the main character, he's good with tech or whatever, and it, it, he's, like, working on, like, a cable box to give someone free cable. And I'm like, okay, that's very 90s, I suppose, because that's something people did in the 90s. But, like, I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it felt super 90s. Like, I, the weirdest thing is, like, the, the thing that makes it 90s more than anything is that no one whips out a phone at any point, and that's basically it. Uh, which... Which is almost like a, like makes writing easier in a weird way. Like people having phones oh, on them. Oh, it definitely all, does. Yeah, people having <laughs> phones on them all the time makes writing scripts like really tough <laughs> because there's, there's so many instances where you're like, why don't they just whip out their phone and look this thing up or call this person or. Mm-hmm. or... I would have appreciated a car phone at one point though. Maybe Mirage could have had a car phone. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. I, yeah. There's not. There's not a. It, it, it's, I, I guess it, it's got enough of a sprinkle of 90s stuff in it without ever feeling like it's uh, actually trying to feel like a period piece, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is not to say that I want it to be super pandering either, because that, that would be annoying if it was like, you know, every two minutes, here's a 90s reference, you know, so we're in the 90s. Uh, but just something, I don't know, simple. Uh, I guess... It's hard to watch 90s stuff and not hope for like a little bit of like um, a little bit of uh, mild fuzz, if you will, 
on the screen, you know. <laughs> Just like the, the, the color gradient being slightly off or something. Like if you really want to do 90s and like make it feel like you're watching a 90s thing, you would put more effort into that kind of stuff. You would make the film look 90s. I mean... <laughs> that's not the, i get what you're saying if you're watching like a 90s tv show i, I get what you're <laughs> saying but 90s movies you know if you watch them in hd don't have that like they look you know like, but they still look like 90s though you know they look, yeah but it's, it's not it's not the same though it's not the same come on people you know, get get your cojones straight and <laughs> make a real 90s movie What you want them to wax some filters on it so it looks like a CRT? Yes, make it uh, make it like look like a '90s made-for-TV film. That that's what I want. This is a horrible idea. Don't listen to Tara. <laughs> I'm suddenly very glad you don't have power. Very glad. Says I don't have power. Oh, I know you don't. <laughs> I'm gonna send some, start writing some emails right now. <laughs> Okay, I'll be I'll be writing. Wait, my... There's a writer strike going on. They need all the ideas they can get. I'll be writing some counter emails. <laughs> um. All right. So, is there anything else I want to talk? Oh yeah, the music. I I do have some things to say about the music, uh, which is kind of similar to my complaints with four. But four was actually still the main composer that was did the rest of the movies. This has got a new composer, um. Mm-hmm. And I was actually very surprised because towards the end, it does eventually bring in a couple of the main themes from the previous films, um, which was a pleasant surprise. However, it did kind of, it just kind of like punctuated what I was feeling about the rest of the score, which is that the rest of the score didn't really have any themes. And it was kind of, it was almost distracting in these big dramatic moments where the music would swell up, but it never really had like something I could remember or something that stuck out to me as a piece of music. It was always just very generic score. Does that make sense? I understand what you're saying because I also was looking forward to hearing the theme again uh, since that is, you know, universally across the board, the best thing about those Bay movies is yep. the score. And the um, the score that we got was, you know, adrenaline pumping and all that was fine. It was mostly a lot of soundtrack music though like we get a lot of 90s um rap songs hip-hop songs oh which sure yeah i didn't mind hearing either like i thought this i thought the the soundtrack was actually quite cool and but, quite fun um but, but when, are... when the score does hit though it's like oh yeah this feels good <laughs> well yeah at the end but the rest of the movie doesn't feel like that though like there's big dramatic moments where there is score but it never has like a theme it never feels like and i think in a movie like this there's nothing you've... recognizable yeah and a movie like this where you've got like heroes versus villains and it's like you say it's very cartoony and what the type of setup that it is like this is exactly the sort of thing that needs themes it needs like memorable bits of music that play when big moments happen and i think at the end of the film when you do hear finally some of that like the themes from the previous movies play it's obviously nice to hear it but it, it just kind of like pointed out because there's nothing wrong with holding it back like i actually am a big fan when they strategically do this when they Ooh, say like in creed Creed's a very good example that when they when that rocky theme hits in Creed towards the end, it mm-hmm. hits. It yeah, hits. It, it hits in a way that makes the moment feel really special. In this though, there is a lack of good music throughout the rest of the film to like, you know, really make those scenes better. And I don't want to say what the scenes are because they're all spoilers. But 
like there's yeah. b- there's big moments where i'm like this would have been perfect for a little bit of that theme and instead it, it's just a generic kind of you know some strings but no nothing that really sticks out i do wish that there was like a maximal theme you know mm. that played that was recognizable at least i mean if you can't recreate you know the magic of the other theme i understand that's probably very difficult but like if there was a Mac, a version of it that was like every time you saw the maximals they're like oh this is this is cool or whatever but i think holding back on the theme and then playing it at a specific part near the end like maybe it's because you know the transformers had to earn it <laughs> at some point and then you're like okay now we're well, that's why i say i respect the choice to do that but the problem is if the rest of the score is not good like i think a good example of mixing the both the new and old is jurassic world where it uses the old themes but michael cimino also made a lot of new themes for jurassic world which are also very good and i found myself humming them after the movie yeah, or like the the news the the rebooted star trek also does that i think that's yeah that's yeah that, that's too. got that's got a main theme i i, I can like hum you that main mm-hmm. theme of that new star trek trilogy right now if i wanted to but it yep. also uses some of the classic you know bits and pieces that you you recognize um i, I think that's you know that, that's fine i but i i really feel like this was and it bothered me in four as well when i felt like they were holding back and five did to an extent but not as badly um that, that's when it kind of felt like though and I, I could understand it okay technically we're in a rebooted timeline maybe they shouldn't have that music but and i'm not saying it's as iconic as this but it's almost kind of like the John Williams Superman theme where it doesn't matter what else you do. The Superman theme is always going to be that music. And maybe you should just accept that. And that's why it's nice when other Superman projects just use that music, right? They just say, screw it, put in some bars of the John Williams because it's it's his theme, right? Yeah. It transcends any like version we're doing. It's just the Superman theme. Um, it is a good theme. Although so. I do also like the Batman one, even though you don't like it. <laughs> sure i mean i just don't like danny elfman but um yeah I, I like the Hans zimmer and uh, james newton howard stuff from the nolan trilogy way better oh, i like the elfman theme better well that's fine you can like what you like uh, my, my my stance here is uh, i think pretty clear it feels like halloween and batman is supposed to be spooky But he's also supposed to be heroic and lots of other yeah, but things. He's, he's a spooky hero, though. Come on. He's, <laughs> well, he's, he's, yeah. I think the new he Batman... He costume. He goes around at night. The new he's Batman... A guy. The new Batman movie had, like, a, a, a sort of dread-inducing bit of music. That was way better than Danny Elfman. The hack. I mean, it was it was a good theme, but it's not Danny Elfman. Theme. It's better than Danny Elfman. <laughs> I agree. We can all be thankful that it's not Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman and Tim Burton can go and like hug each other on a desert island somewhere far away from any of my movies. Thank you very much. Whatever. <laughs> Speaking of things from the nineties, yeah, everything Tim Burton made. In the nineties? Oh yeah. Well, you haven't seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. That was in the nineties. Yeah, I know, but that's a good one. <laughs> okay, but still, it's the eighties. I think. Well, it was pre. It was like pre. 2000s though sure sure but my point stands wait 90s was ed wood how dare you <laughs> i dare ed wood's one of the greatest movies ever made 
I simply dare. That's all I can say to that. Alright, I think we should probably get into the spoilers then of Transformers Rise of the Beast and talk about the plot and all the things that happen. So, full spoilers from this point forth, you have been warned. And also the, you know, so not only we get the movie to talk about, the out of nowhere scene at the end that tries to do the Marvel thing where it sets up the shared universe. Uh, we'll talk about that <laughs> as well. That made me laugh. <laughs> Joe, Joe is so funny about that scene at the end though. Is that finally, mm-hmm. this is, I guess we're talking about the last two scenes just because like... Let's just get into it. Right. So... <laughs> So everything Andrew, this is the thing. We can go back and go through from the start for the rest we'll, of the plot. We'll do right? that. Let's just talk about the thing everybody wants to talk about. Right. So at the end of the movie, the main character like goes for this job interview because the part of his character is that he's been looking for a job. And he's he's there to interview whatever. And he's into a secret room and the guy from House of Cards is like running whatever this thing is. And he's like, hey, we know who you are. We know what you did. You've been working with these alien robots and all that shit. Right? And I was thinking, oh, this is like, the new version of Sector 7. He's going to be recruited into the yeah, new Sector 7. Yeah, me too, 7, yeah. Right? Um, and or the way like it, some sort of men in black thing, yeah. you know, where they monitor aliens. And the funny thing is, is the way, because it kind of hit uh, the actor's face. I'm forgetting his name. Um, Michael Kelly, that's his name. Um, he's he's a that guy, Yeah, for sure. he's, he's in a ton of stuff. But they kind of hide his face at first, so when they revealed his face, I was sort of like building up thinking, oh, it's going to be someone we recognize that will mean something. And I was like, oh, I know this guy, but not from these movies, though. I just I just know no. the actor. <laughs> okay. And he kept, he kept talking. He's like, oh, yeah, we, you know, we, we, we protect the country. We want you to be on board and help us. And then the, the, the back wall, it opens up and we see, like, like a like a, a military base or whatever it is, the secret hangar with all this stuff in it. There's, like, alien technology in it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so the end, the end of the movie is him. Tur- and it was so weird. This feels like it should be the mid credit scene. But it's not. But then there is a mid-credit scene that feels like it would have fit better before the credits. I don't know. It's weird. It's like they swapped the scenes around. But he gets a business card from this guy, and he turns it over, and I'm glad it just said what it was because I would never have known any what any of this was if this didn't just flat out say it. But the card says "GI Joe." <laughs> so. They're trying to set up a Hasbro universe that includes both Transformers and GI Joe, and no doubt some other things. Probably. I mean, that could work. <laughs> Here's the thing: GI Joe was just not a thing in the UK. Like, it just it never. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> it never even like was a blip. The first time I ever heard of GI Joe was when the movie from like 2008 or whatever it was was coming uh, out. Channing Tatum one. Yeah. I think. Um... Oh, Tommy from Third Rock. What's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yes. <laughs> I think he was uh, Cobra Kai in that film. I, that sounds right. And then The Rock was on the second one. They actually made a second one. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I saw both of them in the theaters. Oh, really? I actually, I went and saw G.I. Joe. I didn't want to because I just had zero interest in it. And I the trailers looked terrible. And the bar, again, was like as low as it could be. And I actually ended up liking the film. <laughs> it's an unpopular opinion, but I actually enjoyed myself in that in that theater experience. But I did not like the second one. Fair enough. Uh, I've not. And seen... I did have GI Joes when I was a kid, also. But they were my brother's toys that I would steal. Yeah, I, I've not seen them. Uh, I, I are they sci-fi enough for us to do someday? Um, I mean, probably. They're more like if James Bond is sci-fi, then yeah. <laughs> okay well, i don't really want to admittedly but if they actually come out with a movie at some point we may have to consider it uh yeah maybe i mean i 
I wouldn't hate going revisiting it and seeing if my opinion still stands. So, so, but I knew when I left the theater, I'm like, it's probably because my expectations were really low. But I actually enjoyed it. So this main character that Noah Diaz is he like a known GI Joe character? Is that is that a thing from GI Joe? I couldn't tell you. I don't remember. Oh. I was the, the other thought I had when I left the theater today. I was like, why is it only the boy show get like the <laughs> the crossover film franchise? Like, why am I gonna? When am I going to get my Care Bears and, like, My Little Ponytails and Gummy Bears? Like, when are we going to get our shot, our cinematic universe? <laughs> because all the nerds don't buy expensive statues for those things. <laughs> are you kidding? Do you know how much My Little Ponies go for? Like, the original ones? <laughs> I could huge st- toy collectors. Dreams. <laughs> you know, it's off camera, but I could tell you put your hand on your hip to say that last part. And that was yes. deeply unsettling. <laughs> Like, you, you get in my face there for that. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I don't know what to make of this, G. I actually started laughing when it went to credits because, like, I was building up, like, oh, what is this? What is this? They're teasing. What is this? And then it said G.I. Joe, and I just started laughing because I'm like, I don't give a shit about this. Did you stay till the very end of the credits? Because I, I did not. No, no. I, okay. I honestly, when the mid-credits scene started, I was already standing up and ready to leave, and then I was like, oh, there's a scene. Oh, I better pay attention for a minute. And then left. Okay. Yeah, because I, I did, I sat through most of the credits and like everybody else left and I'm like, oh, I think they know something, I think. So I looked up on my phone and it said there wasn't a credit after, or a scene after the credits were done. But I don't know, sometimes it's unreliable. Yeah. So. All right, well, we'll go back to the start, I guess. <laughs> so the, All right. So, yeah, the <laughs> Maximals <laughs> are on their planet. The Maximals are on their planet. They're, they're the, the Unicron... Uh, and this is the other thing that makes it not canon with the others, actually, is that Unicron was, like, Earth in Transformers the last night. Yeah. Whereas now Unicron's actually more like, I think, what Unicron's supposed to be, which is just this big planet-eating son of a bitch. Uh, mm-hmm. But Scourge works for Unicron, and Scourge is here to get this magic key MacGuffin thing. I don't even remember what they called it. What did they call this? You saw it today, so you might remember better than I did. I think they just called it the key. Was it just the key? Okay. Uh, so he's after the key, which is just this uh, rod thing. And uh, the previous leader of the Maximals, some other ape-looking one, like gives it and like basically anoints Optimus Primal as the new leader and is like, now I'll hold off Scourge, you go. And like I said earlier, like I think the introduction of Scourge, where it's just the red light of his chest coming through the shadows of the forest, actually the forest is The forest is really cool-looking, too, because it's like, uh, they're like, the trees are all alien-looking, so they've got like, um, they're, they're kind of hollow in... Know, they're like Swiss cheese trees, but I thought that was that was cool to make it look alien, you know. Yeah, uh, so we're we're sort of briefly introduced to Optimus Primal and his team, which is the, the sort of the bird one, which is Michelle Yeoh, and then there's a che- there's a cheetah one, and then what was the fourth one? Rhino. Rhino. There you go. So yeah, we introduces all these, and uh, like it's like okay, this is our setup, but then we're going to go to 1994 New York. And we're going to be interested in our characters. So our two main characters. One is Noah. And he's got a little brother who's sick, but he's very friendly with. Uh, his mother's struggling. Uh, the mother, by the way, is played by the actress who was on Dexter. Uh, just throw that out there. Never uh, watched it. She's only in two scenes in the movie, so you still get too excited. But, she, you know, she's there. Um, and we get that he's struggling. He gets turned down for a job uh, because he apparently left the military dishonorably because he's his, his brother was sick, basically. Uh, 
And they didn't take too kindly to that, so he's been blacklisted everywhere for security jobs, which is the sort of thing that he's he's looking for. So he agrees to help his sort of dodgy friend steal a car, and that kind of sets us up for what he's going to be doing early on in the film. And then the other main characters introduced is Elena, played by Dominic Fishback, and she is like uh, a... She's like an art uh, evaluator or something. Well, yeah, but I think technically... Or museum curator... Well, yeah, but she's technically like a—I don't know if they call her an intern, but she's basically she's good I think at what they did, yeah, actually, she, yeah, she's good at what she does. But she's like fresh and she's like at the bottom of the totem pole, right? And her boss takes all the credit for everything she does, but she's just this really obnoxious idiot who doesn't actually know anything. She makes mm-hmm. she makes Elena say, "Hey, okay, tell me about all these artifacts." And she's like, "This, this, this, and this." And she's like, "Hey, I figured it out, clients. Uh, this means this, and this is from there, and this is that." Um, yeah, she's. She's very repulsive. Yeah, she's awful. <laughs> she's awful. So she's working on this artifact. And wouldn't you believe it, the artifact they get in is the MacGuffin. Or at least, well, it's half of the MacGuffin. <laughs> Third... It's the, the Maltese Falcon. <laughs> yes. But in, inside the Maltese Falcon is half of the uh, the key. Uh, which, you know what's so funny is it does that thing where when she accidentally activates it, when she decides to like investigate it sort of secretly, is that it basically does that thing that I hate in modern movies, but there's a giant blue light going out of the sky. But there's like an interesting twist to this where they make yeah. it... About a, a minute later, they make it clear, oh, this can only be seen by Transformers. Human eyes can't detect this energy. Yeah. So no one can see this giant beam of light going out of New York out of the sky. <laughs> it's just a signal that you have to have special Transformer yeah. vision to see. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought that was okay. Like I'm like, oh, we're doing a sky beam early too like oh never mind it's not a big deal <laughs> don't worry I, I think we get we get a, a proper sky beam in the third act as well but yeah we get a, we do we yeah, get yeah. a tease of the sky beam <laughs> in this one oh <laughs> uh, dear so um and i i did think it was fun that the way that noah gets involved with the transformers is that the car that he's going to steal turns out to be a transformer um mm-hmm. and mirage specifically and it starts driving itself and we get this whole chase sequence where calling all autobots <laughs> yeah we get this chase sequence where the police are chasing mirage and he's just in the car not 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 he's obviously not driving it he's just freaking out because the car is driving on its own uh because optimus has put us a, a message saying hey there's this thing signal in the sky autobots uh, coming let's let's uh convene find out what we're, we're going to do the, the stuff happening um so uh yeah i actually i really enjoyed the 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 beginning chasing because i don't really know mirage and maybe he was in the other films technically but like i don't know I, I, I don't think he was and my my very limited knowledge of the cartoon i actually mm-hmm. think he's a big character in the cartoon i i think he's actually he's basically the main one in the cartoon i, I think he's actually more of a main character in the cartoon than bumblebee is I, I really like that this film focused on mirage and not bumblebee like bumblebee is actually taken out of the film for quite a lot and uh but i i appreciate it i'm like oh we're getting like a whole new personality and even like uh when bumblebee's there in the beginning with uh with optimus and he's like doing the movie quote thing and optimus is like i don't want you to go to the drive-in theater anymore that was kind of funny because it's also like yeah we don't need to do this trope again over and over again (laughs) like bumblebee you're out mirage is in and he's fun (laughs) i enjoyed also that uh in the scene where he's where he's stealing the car he, obviously he's doing it reluctantly and he when he gets in and he's like you know what i'm not a thief and he's just about to bail 
But then the Autobot, because he's been activated by Optimus, is like, I'm going to leave anyway. You're coming with me because we're going to be best friends. <laughs> yeah. And the, yeah, that's a good important point to make is that like Noah repeatedly clearly doesn't want to like be a thief and he, he, he basically mm-hmm. does make the choice to to not do it but he's kind of caught up in it by that point and doesn't really have much of a say in it anymore also i just googled like the autobot list for the original cartoon and to be fair mirage is quite low down the list um i don't mm-hmm. even recognize some of these names to be honest like you've got optimus you got bumblebee and you got wheeljack and then jazz jazz was in the first movie mm-hmm. uh brawn wheeljack sounds familiar was yeah. wheeljack in this one I don't know. Which one was Wheeljack, if Wheeljack was? Um, I'll pull up the IMDb and see if I can find. Because there's a, there's a couple who obviously introduced later. For some reason, there's another Scottish Transformer. I don't know why we keep getting Scottish Transformers in these movies. Because they get John DiMaggio, and he can do a great Scottish accent. Oh, was it obviously. him? Was it him voicing him? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, John yeah. DiMaggio's back, because he's a great voice actor. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, Not that he's Scottish, but he does a great Scottish accent, obviously. Don't you do that. How dare you? Great. <laughs> How dare you? Uh, yeah. There's a bunch of ones that haven't been in these. Cliff Jumper, Gears, Brawn, Blue Streak. Uh, yeah, Wheeljack was in this movie. Wheeljack was the one that we meet when they go to Peru. The Volkswagen. Oh, is he the one with the accent? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. And the glasses? The nerdy yeah. one, I guess? The The nerdy Latin American character. Uh, there's actually a really interesting moment where uh, Noah asks if he speaks Spanish and he's like no isn't that racist to ask that and I'm like to be <laughs> fair he's got an accent like why does he have an accent this is the same joke as the last movie we watched where like someone said why does the, the, the one Transformer have a French accent and he's like oh he likes it and he's like no I do not wee wee <laughs> and I'm like well <laughs> why do you keep poking fun at this when you don't explain why they have these accents yeah no, I, I, I agree. Uh, the, the, the dialogue exchange is a bit confusing. And then he goes, how can a Transformer be racist? And like, obviously, you haven't seen the Michael Bay movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's possible, buddy. Trust me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah. So basically, uh, he ends up being taken to uh, the Autobots meeting where Optimus is like, hey, this energy, this, this is something that can get us home. And I do actually kind of like that the Autobots and Optimus don't know who the Terracons are. They don't know who the Maximals are. Um, mm-hmm. That's all alien to them as well, because it's not from their planet. It's not Cybertron. Um, yeah. That said, though, I was thinking early on in the film, though, I'm like, how do they explain why Optimus Primal's called that? Because this is so weird if he just happens to have that name. But later on, when he, in- when he meets Optimus Prime, he does say, I was named after you. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. At least you've said that. Uh, it does make me wonder, wait, so, like, is the legend of the Autobots, like, spread through all the robotic planets and, like... like I imagine uh, so. Like, yeah. they, they, they're they clearly, you know, from the same origin, you know, but they've just grown up different, evolved differently based on what planet they're on, right? I mean, that's a big question that I don't know how to answer. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking far too much of a philosophical and... Uh, Nerdy I, don't know. Question. I, I think I think the lore could work in that way, you know. It's yeah. kind of like the Star Trek lore where but everyone I, looks like a humanoid because they're all 
from the same thing. I just I appreciated that he said I was named after you because th- 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 that w- like that would have been such a coincidence to swallow <laughs> if not. <laughs> <laughs> so I I appreciate that. Uh, uh, did you like Mirage? Because I was kind of expecting you to hate him because he's voiced by Pete Davidson. I can't see his smug face, so it was definitely easier to take than when he's. I can't see him. <laughs> I I love Pete Davidson. Like I think he's a he's a great actor, and I think he's a really great comedian. And I've been watching. You know, obviously I've watched him for a long time on SNL, also. But um, a lot of dudes do not like him, and I have to think it's because he's a ladies' man, and nobody understands why. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know except about- for the ladies, of course. I didn't know that about him though. Like when I realized I didn't like him, I just saw him in a movie and didn't like him. <laughs> Was, I mean, was it Suicide Squad? Like, I don't know what other movie. <laughs> oh, it's Bodies, Bodies, in. Bodies. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good movie. I didn't like it very much, but yeah, whatever. Um, that's a real good movie. No, I, no, that's... <laughs> but I, I think Mirage is all right. I think uh, sometimes his humor dips into a little bit of that, like, uh, annoying, like, we're going for the teen boy demographic kind of level of humor, but uh, for the most part, mm. it's fine. Yeah. And I I really like the pairing of the two of them. I thought they had good chemistry. And I I, I don't mean that it's like overly crude. I, I just mean like, you know, there's kind of like a, you know, a, a teenage boy silliness to some of the things that he says. You know, he's he's going he's you know he's trying to like be hip and stuff at times. He he does come off as like the the teenage boy of the of the Transformers. You know. Yeah. But he wants to be like. Maybe he's just been influenced, kind of like Bumblebee, who's just been hanging out there for seven... They said they've been there like seven years or something, and trying to, you know, just waiting for I mean, a, a way to get home. Since Bumblebee, by the sounds of it, because that, that probably lines up time-wise, I think. Yeah, I think um, that's what I was thinking too. Yeah, which actually, there's so... But for some reason, they love this Bumblebee can't talk, so he uses movie like clips to talk things so much that they've kept that in this as well. And uh, there is a little joke about it where... Uh, it's actually it's the one reference to bumblebee really is when optimus saying optimus doesn't like that they're using a human for their plan in the next bit and he's like you know we we should stick to our own kind bumblebee and bumblebee uh, plays the you can't handle the truth clip from thingy um basically to say no humans are all right and optimus says i know one was good to you b but we should stick to our own kind kind of thing um and i thought okay that's the only reference you really get to bumblebee is that hey bumblebee bonded with a human but there's a little joke after this when he uses another movie clip where optimus goes and bumblebee stop going to that drive-in theater (laughs) which i thought was uh, amusing because yeah yeah yeah, me too Uh, i i brought it up earlier because i thought oh that's really funny and also it's like we're we're done with this shtick like let's get a new transformer as like the role that Bumblebee has been filling for all these other films. It, yeah, it definitely felt refreshing to have another Transformer take center stage and get a, a bit of development because it has mm-hmm. just always been Optimus and Bumblebee. And I don't want to lose them. Um, I, I think so. No, actually, when stuff happens to Bumblebee, I get real upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was it was definitely a sad moment. Uh, it was a little bit kind of like I was I, I almost felt like okay. You know what? It's a bit weird. You're killing Bumblebee. I guess we're into it, but you're killing Bumblebee off when he's just—he's the only one who's technically had his own movie, and we're doing that right next. So immediately I went, and we're only at the end of Act One. I smell a resurrection by the time we finish this movie, and sure enough, yeah. uh, he does. He has his big comeback towards the I end. I mean, 
but even I was like, well, that could be like the next movie or, an cut, sure, or yeah. like a, a credit scene or something like his eyes open or they light up or whatever. But um, yeah, but they, they keep his body around the whole time and they keep talking about what could maybe bring him back. So I'm like, okay, he's like, oh, I was yeah. also thinking the MacGuffin would do it. Like they would do the yeah. all thing. Yeah. Like um, there's not enough power on this planet. Like, well, maybe the, maybe the key is the key. <laughs> Well, it technically is that, does it? It's just not directly that. It's, it's that it, yeah. sending out all the energy it, Yeah, but, but... It, it's... Yeah. It, it yeah. is, but it isn't. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, so the, the plan here is that um, Optimus is pissed that this human's been brought here, and he, he takes it out in Mirage, uh, which, you know, I, I enjoyed. Uh, <laughs> I, I will, just because it's just nice to have more inter-transformer, like, like, discussions and, like... Mm-hmm like problems with each other it, it was just interesting like well they all have personalities and stuff and they yeah. can kind of clash sometimes it, yeah well that's the thing like like when you got a slither of it in the old movies where you were like oh it kind of sounds like megatron like hates how much like starscream like sucks up to him i wish we got more of that and actually were able to like you know get a conversation beyond two sentences well you sort of brought it up at the beginning of this but this is the first time that that transformers really feel like not just secondary characters but like yeah they're they're equal parts of this movie like they all get um the same amount of screen time we have our our human leads but we're also following all of them yeah there's definitely times where it's like okay we have to trust the humans to do something because like like you know in this case here they're like hey let's send in the human to get the key thing from the museum right and -hmm. that's how he runs into to elena and how she gets involved and they have their whole little like you know comedy like oh you're robbing this place is like it's not what it looks like okay maybe it is what it looks like but like you know whatever um and but the, the thing that obviously ruins it is that scourge and everyone all the villains have seen the beam of light too so they land on earth and they come they don't care about keeping it low profile they just start blasting at the museum and they know the plan's gonna explode anyway so very true so the autobots come in and we get a fight and they sort of establish that scourge because unicron has given him like extra juice he's like really tough and Optimus gets pinned down eventually. But, you know, they have a good bit of a fight first before that happens. And uh, Scourge seems a bit more organic also. Maybe that's the thing that Unicron did to him. Mm. But, like, he, he seems to have more of, like, a less metal face, you know? Well, more like there's something else going on. Keep in mind, he is from yet another planet. Because, you know, he's, right. from, he's from a planet that Unicron already ate. And Scourge basically said, hey, I'll pledge my allegiance to you if you let me live. And that's, you know, where we are now. So maybe yeah. I like that he's got the the tattoos of all of his fallen uh of all the, the victims. Well you say tattoo, but he rips off the logo of whoever he kills yeah. and slaps it on. So it's more like, like a, a magnet. So yeah, it's like a badge <laughs> that he takes off and like you know, so he does it to Bumblebee as well here. So <laughs> Bumblebee comes in and saves Optimus and Scourge like, you know, just stabs him through the the stomach or whatever. Um mm-hmm. you know, even though if this was in continuity with the last night, Bumblebee could just piece back together again, as we, as we saw. Yeah, but we don't like that. That's, we don't. That's no. too futury tech. We don't. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. wanted to see the clicks and the, you know, the, the everything click into place and whoop 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 whoop. whoop. <laughs> <laughs> that's your you know what I mean. interpretation of the <laughs> the sound effect when they're transforming. <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. Ugh. 
It was way too wet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they've got fluids. We've seen that they've got fluids. <laughs> yeah, but no one peed on anybody in this film. That is true. No one did. I I, I appreciate it. Uh, so you know, uh, the villains just because kind of, they've got the half of the key they want, they just piss off after this uh, because whatever. And basically, there's a decision here. It's like, okay, well, uh, the uh, Michelle Yeoh's bird character shows up because this was her half of the key to protect, and. Mm-hmm. St- Basically lays out what's Air, going on. Airraiser, I think her name was. That sounds right, yeah. Uh, basically lays out, here's what's happening, here's what they're going to do if they get the whole key. I don't know what the other half of the key is, though. But, you know, and that's where Elena, like, pipes up because, hey, she's been researching this and seen these symbols pop up in Peru. So that's where the big finale of the movie's going to take place. We're going to Peru for the back half of this movie. And our characters basically have to decide if they want to go on this trip. And they want Elena to go because she can lead them to where the, the other half of the key is and she, like her knowledge is invaluable and uh, Noah wants to go because he doesn't trust the Autobots he basically, he wants to go so that he can destroy that half of the key to save the world because while, so long as it exists, it's yeah. a threat Yeah. because but yeah, basically the way he's looking at it is, is that Optimus cares more about using it to get the Autobots home to Cybertron, which I guess isn't destroyed yet in the timeline and as a result um, he doesn't trust that they'll actually save Earth first. He'll just, you know, let Earth be eaten because whatever, it's not their problem. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's kind of his thing, is that he's actually secretly wanting to betray the Autobots for a lot of the movie. But with, I mean, he's not being evil about it. Like his No, it seems pretty yeah. smart, you know, because he doesn't know them and he doesn't trust them. But, you know, it makes enough, things change. makes enough sense. Uh, <laughs> and so one of the things they introduced early on is that the little brother talks to him over a walkie-talkie just in the house and he gives mirage when he meets mirage when he's like when his brother's leaving for war effectively um he gives mirage like the walkie-talkie and i'm just going to assume that the transformers tech is boosting this signal because he gets a (laughs) reception in peru okay even even when we see him use the walkie-talkie before he gives it to mirage like it only works in the house right like or in the apartment that they're in so at least they're it's not like he's using it across town or across you know the island of manhattan or something yeah so you know whenever we see them together using it sonic and tails they um they're able to talk to each other like within the range that you already know for walkie talkies so yeah it has to be some sort of transformer thing and that and that's consistent with the film wait is it well i mean like it's it's so it's not like breaking the rules that we know of walkie-talkies. Oh, sure. I was just, but you said that like there was another thing in the movie that it was consistent with. Yeah. Just from what we've seen, like they didn't actually break the rules of walkie-talkie because it was attached <laughs> to a magic, a magic robot from space. Stop saying the rules of walkie-talkie <laughs> like it's a thing. <laughs> but uh, of course, that's why we brought it up. The rules of walkie-talkie, just to such a weird sound. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, so, but yeah, I've got. But I go. This this ties back into there being no cell phones of any kind. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I shouldn't say of any kind. Technically, the brick exists at this point. But car phones exist. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so yeah. So they 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 go off in the big Scottish Transformer, who's like a big cargo plane size, and they that flies them to to Peru. And we, I love how like. Elena and Noah just sit, have a conversation about who they are, 
and like Optimus Prime's just in the background out of focus the entire scene. <laughs> yeah, it was funny actually. He's just like lost in his own thoughts, yeah. looking out the window. Just he's just thinking having of a nice life. ride. Yeah. <laughs> Usually he's the one driving, you know, so he yeah. gets to sit back while someone else transports him inside him. So uh, they get to Peru and they have to. Stratosphere. Stratosphere is the name of the plane. Very good. Oh, to be honestly, it's a big, like, old-school cargo plane, though. I would not think of the word stratosphere. Like, I would think stratosphere is more like a jet that goes up into the, you know, little stratosphere. <laughs> to, to... Probably now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, like... If he's still around. Like, the sort of thing, like, uh, you get in Top Gun. That That's that's the sort of jet I would think, if it's a Transformer, would be called stratosphere. Yeah, was this, uh, was this plane around... Did it come with? the Transformers with Optimus and all of them? Would with you... the other Autobots when they got stranded on Earth? I guess. Or is it, like, always here? I don't know. It doesn't fight, though, because he, he stays back when they go on their missions and stuff. He just kind of holds mm. the fort. <laughs> he's, he's the old grouchy he's big too. Transformer. Yeah, he's very big. Um, Although I guess they could change size because uh, uh, Mirage gets turns into, a, like, a garbage truck at one point. Yeah, he turns into a bunch of stuff, and then he turns himself into a suit for uh, Noah to wear in the last act as well. So clearly, uh, he can alter his size quite a bit. But but maybe that's like specific to him though, because he's Mirage and he can like create copies and like add extra things. Because his whole gimmick, of course, that we saw earlier on in the police chase, is that he can make duplicates or holograms. Uh, which I guess ties into them making holograms of drivers as well. Like I suppose Mm -hmm. that's like an extension of that where. Um, he makes like five other mirages. Yeah, because we see R- RC, and when she first pulls up, she's got a a, a rider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which would make sense because it's really noticeable if a bike doesn't have a <laughs> person, like a car. You might not notice there's no driver, but a bike, yeah. you're going to notice there's no one on it riding it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it may stick out a bit. Uh, so they go to Peru, and we get almost like an Uncharted style sort of like sequence where. They have to go in and try and get this artifact, this key in a tomb. And because there's a parade going on, it's like, okay, it has to be the humans. So the Transformers will never fit into any of these places. So the Transformers are like on like lookout, looking for the, the Terracons to show up because they know they're going to be looking for this key too. Uh, so we get this whole kind of you know sequence where they dress up like the locals as if they're in the parade and having a good time, but they're sneaking into the tomb. And then I, I did think that... So the first part of the puzzle to get into this tomb is just spinning these, like, rocks, right? But it's not like they're in some obscure place. They're literally in the middle of this, like, place. It's, it's, like, it's like the courtyard of a church, right? Mm-hmm. In this town. And all I could think was what, in the hundreds... Because it's like, many have been, like, a thousand years or something like that since this all, like, went down. I'm like, in the hundreds and hundreds of years that a town's been built around this place, no one has, like, accidentally, like, bumped or slid on one of these little slidey bits that make it turn. It looked like it was difficult to turn, but it also looked like it was way too easy. Yes. I think it would have been more um, believable because at this point, I think Mirage has given him, um, our, our lead guy, a like a, a wristband. And yeah. he had to use that to like have the amount of strength to turn it because it's been there for who knows how long. Um, I think I would have bought that a little bit more. Yeah, he gives him like a... The best I can really describe it is like an Iron Man glove. He sort of like pops out a little <laughs> bit of himself <laughs> and gives it to him in his hand. And it basically yeah. works as like a flashlight and is like a, eventually like a cannon as well. It's like a defense thing. Uh, but because 
Yeah, so if that device also helped, like, increase his strength, so he was able to move this thing that was, you know, been there for millennia. <laughs> or even just, but, like... But no, he just is able to turn it with, you know... Or, or maybe even not, not... Even if it wasn't strength, maybe it was... Maybe if it was just, like, little bits came out and went into some, like, slots so that you got a grip to turn that. Mm. Whereas they just do it with their bare hands. Like, Elaine is just going like that. It's like, it's like she's, like, a DJ just, like, spinning a a record mm-hmm. right and that's it and it starts spinning and it just feels really easy uh but the key's already gone because after they fight for like one of the small little monstery terracon things the henchmen uh chase after them in the tunnels um after that they basically find out that the half of the key that was here was already removed by the other maximals to protect it so there's a bit of a chase in the countryside and the roads coming out of the town uh, where Optimus is like, he's pissed about Bumblebee. He's like ready to go to war with Scourge. He wants to prove himself. Uh, but it's, I, th- I think it's uh, Air Razor who like breathes fire like down this like... Yeah, like a dragon. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like one of those winding roads going down a hill and she like like just ignites like half of it so that they, they have to stop fighting. Uh, mm-hmm. It looked good. So they end up kind of, you know, retreating and going into the jungle, meeting the Maximals for the first time. They're ready to fight at first until like, uh, Air Razor comes in and is like, hey, hey, guys, come on, come on, come on, we're all, we're all good guys here. Let's not, <laughs> let's not fight. Uh, and Optimus is like gobsmacked to find out that uh, the Maximals have been working with like a tribe who lives near here and like these humans like help protect the key. And he's like, you trust the humans? <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're, they're, they're really nice. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. actually not so bad, you know? Yeah. It's uh, a little give and take, but... Yeah wild stuff wild stuff so that that kind of sets up like all this um but unfortunately i think it was around here where air razor gets like infected by like a scourge throws something at her yeah and it infects her and eventually she sort of starts turning evil uh against her will and like ultimately meets her demise but um you know she she ends up grabbing the key and like you know the, the bad guys get the key after a bit yeah basically Again, I don't know if it's because, like, I respect Michelle Yeoh and, like, her <laughs> performance or because she's playing, in, like, an eagle and it looks like a like an animal, so, like, an animal in distress. But I had, it actually got me emotionally <laughs> when she goes. And also that like, she had been infected and she was fighting this evil thing. And, like, I'm like, you know, I'm really feeling for her character right now. Yeah, I mean... I don't know if I felt super strongly, but it worked well enough in the in the moment. Uh, but basically, I just was taken aback by how much it did actually affect me. But the villains like set up the big thing, and of course, a big metallic like mountain-looking device comes out the ground, and like the the key goes into it, and it's just a beam into the sky, and Unicron's coming to eat Earth, right? So it comes out of a volcano. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so they basically it's like okay, we have to all work together and go and save the day, save Earth, blah 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 blah. And Optimus and, uh, well, also Optimus, Primal, <laughs> Prime and Primal uh, is what I should say, uh, are like, Autobots and Maximals roll out. And they all, <laughs> they all go. I like that they have like a, a little competition for leadership. Like they're just yeah. trying to like out, you know, outmeasure each other. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So it's been mentioned as well that this surrounding volcano area all has like uh, Energon like in it. And maybe, just maybe, this could, like, maybe help Bumblebee, but only if there's, like, a really obscene amount of it, like, at once. 
And sure enough, when the key's put in the thing, this big shockwave energy hits. And you don't get it right away. Like, you know, the, the fight starts off and they're, they're fighting the bad guys and there's some, you know, some fun bits in there. Uh, eventually, though, Bumblebee has the whole thing where the, the big plane transformer flies him in and he comes out. Uh, it's is, a pretty good action hero moment also. Also, is uh, Don't Call It A Comeback, is that a Marky Mark song? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking it might be, and that was like furthering the reference, but I, 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 I don't know if it is. I don't know, but it was good. <laughs> I actually was like fist pumping a little bit for for Bumblebee coming out of the plane because <laughs> yeah. it was shot really cool, you know. Yeah, and he has a lot of stuff as well, where uh, like he'll drive around, and like Noah, who's in like the the mech suit, basically at this point, like jumps on his back, and because because. Uh, Mirage tries to distract Scourge, who have already seen beat the shit out of Bumblebee and mostly beat Optimus, and he's going to try and single-handedly distract him whilst Noah, like, crawls to the, the key and tries to get it. And he ends up seemingly almost dying. Like, he gets the, you know, he gets stabbed and all that, and Noah's underneath him, and he's like, I'm sorry, Noah, but I think you'll have to take the wheel, and that's when he sort of, like, gives him what's left of his body as, like, a mech suit. And yeah that was a surprise i did not expect that coming you know i but i didn't know like i don't know the cartoon so maybe that was a thing that i, I don't know the cartoon. Either. i i but... saw it coming only because i remembered it from the trailer because it was very noticeable in the trailer oh, it was in the trailer yeah you see him when the suit like firing a blast at one point so i was like... i remember when uh when bumblebee comes out of the airplane and does a little spin i was like when that was happening, I was like, yeah, we saw that in the trailer. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool, but like, I guess we, I should have figured he was coming back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there is fun, but like, I, I do appreciate that, you know, you've got the moment where it seems like Noah's going to try and take on Scourge on his own, which feels like a stupid, uh, like, you know, thing to do. And he almost dies like instantly, yeah. though. <laughs> like, it was just falls off of the, Although, of the bridge into lava and... The mech suit does have give him super strength in a way though, because he picks up something at one point where I was, or he was like holding off his fist, and I'm like, wait, this suit's doing a lot of heavy lifting here because there's no way mm-hmm. a human human beings holding up this guy's fist. Yeah, but sure enough, yeah, there's, definitely. There's that moment which punctuates the entire thing for Optimus, where he says, "Are oh, you going to die alone, you pathetic human?" And Optimus like comes up and he's, "He is not alone." Like, and he, you know, he, he does the superhero landing where he's on like one foot and he's like all right we fight together and you know we get the whole big thing uh oh yeah that was it yeah when they, when they destroy the thing and the key's going and optimus makes the choice to destroy the key which basically means that he, they can't use it to get home he's he's making the choice to sacrifice them getting home to save earth which oh very heroic makes sense for optimus good stuff mm-hmm. uh but when he destroys the key it starts sucking everything in like a vac like a black hole or something like that right and Literally, Noah in this mech suit is holding on to Optimus single-handedly and, like, by, holding him. By his, like, axe. <laughs> right? And all I could think was, like, but why aren't you been sucked in as well? You're, like, not that much further away. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you, you see, like, when he steps back, you can see the, the mech suit, like, digging into the ground. Like, something else is okay. activating to hold him down there. Um but I don't know what, and I don't yeah. know how he knew he would have that. And then Primal jumps in to also hold on to him at one point as well. They're all working together. They're working together. It, you know, They're it's... working as a team, which is the thing that Noah needed to to do, right? Like that. Yeah. Was, that was his one. I think downside. You know, the arc for Optimus is there. It does just enough to make it work, right? Um, 
he obviously i'm always going to say that i wanted more i wanted more of him just being a character struggling with these decisions um you know it, it could have went even further with it but it is definitely more there than any of the previous movies where you know it, we see him here have his doubts he doesn't want to work with the humans he's sort of forced to recognize that they have help that these other machines are working with them and then ultimately mm-hmm. actually like you know becoming like a side and it's actually it's when they like drive away after like almost being sucked into the thing uh maybe on bumblebee i think bumblebee like swoops in and like uh or, or maybe they're just all on optimus's back i can't remember but they all jump on the back of like one of them and they're driving out and that's when the actual theme starts playing and it was almost yeah. surprising because the movie had avoided having a theme up until that point that i was like oh you're actually playing it because <laughs> i think there was a moment earlier on during bumblebee's death where i thought it was going to play like a sad version of it where it almost felt like it was about to go into it and it just didn't <laughs> you it, hear the trumpets like but then it yeah it blue balls me is what i'm saying <laughs> the score kept blue ball blue balls in me and that's not like i'm, I'm not i'm not for it okay <laughs> but yeah it, it, like it works well and honestly this is the first transformers movie again i don't remember bumblebee well enough but out of all the bay ones this is the first one that doesn't just abruptly cut to credits as soon as optimus is done with his speech although it looks like it's going to though it looks like it's going to, and then you get the scene that leads to the G.I. Joe tease. What, <laughs> what I will say, though, is that when Optimus gives his speech, a couple of lines into it, he actually he finally says his line. He's like, my name is Optimus Prime. <laughs> and I, I almost cheered out of, like, just, like, it's so stupid how he always says it now. <laughs> and we were making fun of, like, he's just still saying yeah, the same thing. Yeah, because just... Uh, we we watched five in the minute row. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, he says the things like, "Oh, we're here on Earth. We worked with the humans, uh, calling all Autobots who are out there looking for a home, come to Earth." Blah blah blah. Uh, so you know, I think probably the biggest thing that hurts this movie is that it is the seventh one, and that it follows a lot of tropes and trends that blockbusters in general have. I think if it was just like more being its own thing. Uh, and part of that it can't accomplish because like you say you can't, you can't just erase the fact that we had six transformers movies already it's that's just like something it has to deal with but i think that you know those things kind of knock it down whereas if this had come out as the first transformers movie i'd probably come out of it going you know what yeah it was pretty fun and it's, it's, you know it did its things. Well, I, I would have been ecstatic like honestly i think this movie is so much better than the rest of them in so many ways like even the especially i should say the humans like the, oh, I think yeah. the humans are all really good in this and i like that it's not like a love story between the two leads and when she's not just being exploited you know the whole time yeah having she, boobs and butt she <laughs> has know, she's a smart woman who has a career and is uh you know just uh, she is respected for her knowledge even though she's take, being taken advantage of but you know, like we we understand like why she's helpful to the to the Autobots. Also. Yeah, she she has skills that are useful, and that's why <laughs> she's wanted to go on the thing. And that's, I suppose it's notable that you know the shitty human that wasn't respecting her before, like it sets up that you want to see her be valued, and you know she's valued in saving the world by mm-hmm. everyone else. No, like well, I don't think the characters are amazing by any means. Like it's not, I don't think they're going to be that memorable in the long run. But they are not frustrating. They're not annoying. No, they're, and they feel pretty real to me, also. You know, they're 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 definitely a million times better than any of the characters in those Bay movies. Like, there's not even a question. But mm-hmm. it's that thing where 
is like you know if you're going to say they're a six out of ten character like it's still a six i mean it feels great because they're not a two out of ten right which is what the characters in the previous movies were i i give them more credit than that fair enough fair enough but I never like necessarily cared that much about their story as characters. Not not as much as certainly you know Optimus and uh, like if anything the whole Mirage and like Noah story. I cared more about Mirage out of the two of them than, than you know than I did Noah uh, because like I don't know he was just more interesting because he's a Transformer and I'm watching a Transformers <laughs> movie. I I like Noah. I like the actor a lot. I thought I thought Noah was a good character. Oh, the actor's fine. Noble yeah. and like I like his relationship with his younger brother, who has this condition, you know, and he's he's trying to he's always trying to like help him out, but being the big brother, but um, just limited by money, which makes him turn to crime, you know. Yeah. Tale as old as time. I'd almost say it's political commentary, but I don't think this movie's trying to have political commentary. <laughs> I mean, there are a couple of moments where it's just like where they're, you know, they're talking about race. Oh, actually, uh, no, but no, it's not. It's not really ov- well, overt, but there are like no, a there, couple there, of stand-up no, no, moments. No, no, no. There is one. There actually, now that I'm thinking about it, there is one mm-hmm. overt moment that kind of hints at racism, where yeah. he's going for the job interview at the start. And the guy says, I don't think you're kind or, you know, or would be good for my team or something, something to that effect. But he uses the phrase, you're kind. Um, yeah. And it's like, oh, he just like said something like, yeah. So I don't know. Like there was a little bit of that. Like it was there. There was that. There was um, like the, the fact that she was so afraid of her job. I want to say there was something else with her, too. That was just like a... um. Like, oh, it's a commentary about racism here, but it's not as overt as that one. Oh, yeah, because her boss is a white woman who's, like, using all of her skills and, like, benefiting mm-hmm. for herself and, like, you know, making her just go get the coffee, basically. Like, you know, do all the real work and also do all my errands uh, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, sure, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't go super deep into it, obviously, I don't think. Um, like... If anything, like, you know, I, I think tightening this up by trimming out, like, 15 minutes even, just, you know, getting through a little bit of the introductions a little bit quicker, maybe tighten up the third act, which may be a bit more, you know, it's a bit over the over the top. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many, like, I don't know if they're Terracons still, but, like, they're, they're just all these little dog-like, or not dog-like, yeah. but uh, they're, they're smaller Transformers yeah. that just keep appearing, like, goblin-like ones. And, you know, I like the, the design of the Scorpion ones that we saw. I thought those were really menacing looking and cool. And the other ones look just like generic ones that we had seen previously from, they look like more Bay Transformer Decepticon things. But there was just so many of them that it started to feel like I was watching the end of Infinity War or Endgame or something. Or even just any Avengers movie, really. <laughs> yeah, it just kind of becomes this mush of CG to, to an extent. But I, I like the uh, the car chase through uh, in the beginning for the action. I thought that was a really strong uh, action scene, and with funny moments too. And it really showed off like what Mirage could do. And like, oh, we're in a Transformers movie where we're going to get some really cool, um, like just new skills and things that they could do that we didn't see mm. before. Like, there's one point where he's the Mirage is like driving backwards, and um, Noah, who's inside, and was like. I don't like this. So he just transforms into g- going forward again. I thought that was a really neat um, set piece there. 
Yeah. For special effects. What, and... Which is the first time Noah sees any transforming of any kind, so he's freaking out <laughs> when this happens around him. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, um, the Pete Davidson bot put the seatbelt on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't uh, check, but... <laughs> and honestly, like, I, I do think the Transformers, by and large, look pretty good. Like, Optimus looks great. He looks way more like his cartoon uh, design. You know, he's still got he's still more complex. They look more realistic, I guess, but mm-hmm. he he has that much better, more authentic kind of cartoon look to him, which is which is good. Um, he looks I, like an action figure that you can move yeah. all the like parts and stuff. <laughs> and I think Bumblebee being shorter than he was when he was in the the early Bay movies, I think does make him more sympathetic, and so it makes it hurt more when he gets killed early yeah. on. And you see his wings and stuff; like he looked like yeah. a he looked like an insect. I like that. Yeah, which I think is actually kind of part of the the point almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, uh, I think that's cool. Oh, do you know who was who was voicing Wheeljack? No. Football is life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> From Ted Lasso, anyone if you, if you didn't get oh, that reference. Oh yeah. I hope he becomes a superstar. <laughs> Uh yeah, no, I'm just looking at that character guy just to see the ones that I uh I didn't yeah, Air Razor was was right. Uh that's neat, I guess. Uh the evil female uh transformer, which I guess is the, the Terracon. The what the sort of the violet one that's got the pointy head. Uh, mm-hmm. that was Nightbird. So I never learned her name, but like she was like you know, these characters were always but distinct. But they were still distinct looking. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that they had an evil female one, we hadn't seen that before. You know, you're right. I don't think we have had an evil female Transformer up until now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. we've barely... Like, RC was technically in the second Transformers, but, like, she was just kind of there in the background. It was like, No, no. You know, she, she wasn't she was really fun. I, I actually, I wouldn't mind if, like, if if they do make another one that she's kind of, like, the, the one that people attach to. And it makes or sense. Or gets attached to a human character, you know. Yeah, I like the size differences between them all. She's obviously the smallest because she's a bike, so obviously there's not as much like metal and stuff to like make a super tall one optimus is much taller than the others because he's a truck whereas you know the cars are a bit more i guess average yeah. height <laughs> well i also really liked when um when the maximals like turned into a more humanoid shape i'm like oh yeah i guess i wasn't expecting this i should have but because they're transformers still jo- jo but we weird. do actually see them transform at one point in the during the final battle yeah i almost wish that they sort of did it in another scene just so I could see it better because it was quite quick and like in the heat of the battle um I don't know why but for some reason I thought they would transform from animals into vehicles rather than animals into more humanoid yeah <laughs> no they look like yeah they look like the humanoid transformers which I I guess also I was maybe expecting that too because um they tend to stay in their animal form like that's how they're comfortable Whereas the Autobots, like, don't stay cars. They transform into humanoid shapes when they need to have conversations. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a joke at one point when they when they reveal how they're going to get to Peru and Mirage finds out it's going to be this old plane transformer. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, hell with that. I'm walking to Peru. And I thought <laughs> that was a really weird joke because I'm like, you can literally transform into a car. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to walk <laughs> that's true <laughs> like um it's, not, it's a long time to drive to peru absolutely but it's better than walking <laughs> <laughs> he said he could transform into a lamborghini those are pretty fast it, yeah he transforms into an f1 car at one point 
what he's yeah. showing off. That's yeah. true. So yeah, um, yeah. No, I, uh, I think you like this movie. Come on. I mean, I, I liked it like to a point. Like you know, I'm just, I'm just not that enthusiastic. I, I can't be like gleeful about it. Like I just, you know, it's like there's definitely moments that made me smile, and you know the. You know, I, you know, I was a young boy once. I loved, I mean, it was Power Rangers for me, but, like, you know, my love of the Megazord definitely translates to, like, Optimus Prime. <laughs> Why wouldn't it? It's kind of a similar idea. So, you know, um, but, you know, it's it's got a lot of the modern, like, blockbuster, like, bloat and, like, tropes that I think do weigh it down a little bit and make it feel a bit generic at times. But, like, it, it definitely doesn't... It's, it doesn't. It doesn't commit the sins of the past. Okay, it doesn't commit the sins of the Bay movies, by and large, and therefore, you know, objectively, it's just a better movie than all of those, um, you know, for numerous reasons. So, yeah, I mean, there you go. I like. Will we see more? Will we see a sequel to this? I don't know. Um, Will it upset me if we if we don't? I mean, not really. <laughs> like, I'm okay if this is the last one. Uh, even though clearly they want to keep going with this and they want to spin it out. Um, I wonder if they'll do the same thing again, though, where they, uh, like, you know, because they didn't bring Hayley Steinfeld back for this. Like, so do they, like, then go to, like, a new human character and just keep the Transformers as the uh, evolving characters that we can keep coming back to? I don't know. Yeah. I suppose you could recast our character as someone who's like an older woman if they keep going with them. So she can like show up as Bumblebee's companion friend. I, don't uh, know. The, I mean, it depends how far they jump in the future. Cause if it's only a few years, they wouldn't need to recast. Cause I mean, yeah, I mean, she's getting older too. They said it's been seven years. Has it been seven years? No, it has been seven years. Since it's Bumblebee. been five. That was like five. Okay. I mean, that's close enough. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, it, I mean, depending on how far they want to go forward with it, I guess. <laughs> I think she was playing younger in that movie, though. Yeah, which, uh, but if anything, that just makes it easier to say, yeah, it's still her. They'd, they'd have to go to, like, <laughs> present day for it to be like, oh, yeah, you have to cast a different actress. Now she's Julia Louise Dreyfus. <laughs> uh, whereas you know it, like I, I think if, if you're setting it even just before 2000 or even the early 2000s you could probably still just have her if you were if you mm -hmm. wanted to have her character back you just have Haley Steinfeld yeah that's true um you know so yeah I, it, it is weird like if anything this was probably the least eventful of these discussions because I wasn't yelling and like screaming at how terrible it was definitely the most enjoyable for me yeah, um, I can't compare it to Bumblebee. I didn't get around to rewatching it. I can't, I kind of forgot that we were so close to the new one. I thought I had more time, so I never uh, watched Bumblebee again. But, um, you know, um, yeah. Although I, I did see a headline that it was doing really well internationally. Oh, it very, it very well, might be. In fact, you know what? I'll, I'll go check Box Office Mojo and see what, uh, what the current numbers are. Admittedly, though, it's still technically. It's Sunday night, so it's still opening weekend, so they probably don't have the international numbers on there yet. My screening was not full. I know that. Like, it wasn't sold out. And where I go to see the movies, they tend to sell out because they're smaller theaters. Smaller screen. Smaller, like, seating capacity. Okay. Uh... 
Okay, so yeah, it made it's made about sixty million opening weekend US, and then one hundred and ten internationally for one hundred and seventy global. That's definitely a bit lower, I think, than the rest of the, the movies. It, it may still make it enough though to justify sequels, though. Like that's still mm. not terrible. Uh, I guess I guess the thing going against it is that there's a lot of competition. Like the Flash is out this week. Uh, you know, Guardians is still playing. Um, you know, there's a I think lot. There's a lot of movies coming out next week. Uh, I don't know how well Spider Man's doing, but oh, Spider Verse is out, yeah. Um, and I think we're not that far away from the new indie. You know, like so. That's at the end of the month, yeah. So there's a lot of competition, which probably will like hamper it a bit. Although that said, though, I've 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 noticed um a lot of things have been slightly underperforming this summer, like. You know, things were doing well earlier in the year. Like, you know, Mario did well. Like, stuff mm-hmm. like Evil Dead kind of, like, punched above its weight a bit. But a lot of the big stuff from uh, the summer has been kind of just a little bit lukewarm versus what, like, maybe they were hoping or expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple things in May that were like that. Um, and then this. So, uh, I think people are expecting maybe Mission Impossible with the one to kind of turn that around. But... We'll see. Because of Top Gun or just because? I guess. Uh, yeah, just because I know Tom Cruise is like the one bankable movie star apparently still. <laughs> yeah. Move over the rock. You had your shot, but you just couldn't unseat them. <laughs> he didn't even come. Black Adam basically bombed. <laughs> like, he, he didn't even come close. Remember the last. What was I see with the rock in it? I can't remember the last thing. Maybe like this Jumanji sequel. Yeah. Oh, I guess Jungle Cruise. I saw that. Oh yeah, that was the other thing that underperformed actually was Fast X. Like, I mean, it's, it does well overseas still, but the domestic numbers for it were not that great. It was kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard that. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that's just the trend right now for whatever maybe reason. Maybe the last one will be the final, the last ride. Well, apparently there's going to be a Fast X Part Two and Three to to finish it all oh. off. Is the third? It's split into trilogy. Yeah, Vin Diesel let that slip of the red carpet like a month ago. <laughs> <sighs> and The Rock's getting a standalone spin-off movie as well. We'll see. People are not as hot on The Rock anymore. So. No, they're not. Uh, but he's, I think he's crawling back to Fast and the Furious though because Black Adam completely went nowhere. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, I know I said some bad things, Mr. Diesel, but uh, <laughs> can you let me back <laughs> into your franchise? Can part of the family again? <laughs> <laughs> family forgives you know that right <laughs> so i don't know it, it is a definitely a weird it's a very it's a very packed summer because you know then next month you got barbie and oppenheimer basically out in the same day and oh barbie there's my girl toy movie i can't wait till that that end credit scene where she busts out the my little ponytails <laughs> i think that was the other thing about that scene that introduced gi joe at the end that made me laugh is that it just like when this first started back in like 2008 with marvel it was it was this new exciting thing to do this kind of tease but mm-hmm. this just felt so cynical to me where i'm just like yeah all right nice try are you getting dark universe vibes <laughs> yeah yeah that's exactly it dark universe that's that it feels more akin to that than the start of marvel it's like yeah okay nice try but not, not happening i don't know people people chuckled at uh, during my show but i i definitely laughed I laughed when I saw that. Yeah. It was not excitement. It was like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> no one... I, well, I certainly don't give a shit about a G.I. Joe movie. And just because Have they Noah, ever done a crossover? Do you know? I think there's crossover comics, and maybe they did something with the cartoons back in the day. I don't know. 
That makes sense, right? Because uh, Ninja Turtles have crossed over with a bunch of stuff in the comics. They've crossed over with Power Rangers, the Justice League, Usagi Ojimbo, uh Turtles. So, does that mean, like, the Ouija movies are also going to be part of uh, <laughs> the Transformers universe since Hasbro owns them? That would certainly be an... In- I mean, well, that was the other thing, is Hasbro did have, like, a, a logo at the start of this. They have, like, a little... <laughs> in- like a, a production credit a dark now. universe dark universe uh, which does which does suggest they want to branch out and have like a whole bunch of movies like under their banner that they can mm-hmm. release oh actually i'm just just before we wrap up i'm curious uh hasbro movies upcoming like how many of these have they got like in the works exactly uh my overweight right. cat just decided to take a nap on my mouse Hopefully, uh, uh-huh. I'm sure everything's fine. Yeah, I'm looking at it. All right, so... Oh, they did Dungeons & Dragons, Honor Among Thieves? Okay. That's I a guess, great movie. I guess that was Hasbro as well. Um, Best movie of the year so far. Yeah. So, upcoming films. The only one that's got a date is the animated Transformers movie next year. But films in development. So, this is where we're really looking. Holy shit, there's a lot of these. Uh, we've got G.I. Joe Ever Vigilant. Which I presume is what this movie was trying to set up at the end. Uh, we've got Beyblade. I don't know what that is. Uh, oh, that's um, isn't that a video game thing? I don't know. Uh, we have Monopoly. All right. <laughs> is it actually isn't Ridley Scott doing that? I feel like I remember <laughs> reading about this. Sorry, that made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, then we have Hacker Camp. Don't know what that is. We have Action Man, which oh yeah, that was a toy in the UK. This is them. This was basically the UK's GI Joe, I think. Uh, which I never, I was never into it, but okay. Because uh, I, I don't think I had a TV show. I always you guys, just, are, you guys have James Bond. You don't need another action. Man. Yeah, I always thought Action Man was weird though, because like, like it didn't have a cartoon or like you know everything else, like turtles, whatever it was. They had was cartoons. It just a toy. It was just a toy, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Clue. So then a new Cluedo. Furby? I think uh, I heard something about Furby yeah. being uh, adapted. Uh, apparently there's an untitled Transformers Optimus Prime film. Okay. Oh, is that the young one that they were teasing? No, no, I don't think. I don't know if it was. Uh, there's an untitled Hanzuki Full of Treasures movie. I don't know what that is. There's a Play-Doh movie? I guess Hasbro nice. and Play-Doh. Uh, we have Rom the Space Knight, which I've never heard of. Uh, Mask... Which I've never heard of. There's an untitled Power Rangers movie. And an untitled G.I. Joe spin-off film. Or oh, maybe that's what this one was teasing. Mm. So there's two G.I. Joe movies uh, in the works. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I wonder if this Optimus Prime movies might be a sequel to this. Or if that's a, a separate like one-off thing like Bumblebee. And then maybe there may be a cartoon or an animated movie. And then there may also be a sequel to this, potentially, if it does well enough. Yeah. Yeah. But, okay. But my question is, is out of all of these, which ones are in the Hasbro cinematic universe? Because they can't all be. I don't I don't foresee Play-Doh and Monopoly being in the same universe as G.I. Joe and the Transformers. So Monopoly planet? <laughs> it's just Earth. It's just a man with a monocle being like, ah, yes, this game is shit. You're going to be, even the person who wins Monopoly is begging for it to end by the time you're getting close to the finish. It's going to be six hours long. (laughs) Do do you play Monopoly at all? 
I mean, I have played Monopoly, and do I hate you, it. Do you do the rule, like, when you pay to the bank, you just put it in the middle, and then free parking gets the gets all the money I, in the middle? I've done it. I've I've done it both yes and no. Like, it just depends. Did you know that that's not a rule? I did know it's not a rule, yes. I had no idea. Apparently, so, that's why the game lasts so much longer than it should. Well, it, it, it lasts a lot longer anyway. It lasts, like, a long time anyway. But I feel like someone came up with that rule to try and just make it more exciting. That there's a chance of winning something. Because the game is so painfully dull and boring, and no one's happy by the end, including the person that wins. Monopoly's a shit game. The Animal Crossing one is is adorable and super fun and shorter. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Everybody wins because it's adorable. I'll take your word for it. Uh, all right. So anyway, we need to get back to Transformers and rate the bitch. So <laughs> what are you rating Rise of the Beasts? <laughs> Okay, so it's going to sound crazy, but I'm going to give it a 7. I, I I genuinely enjoy it. Like, I know okay. that's really blockbuster formula, uh, no, no, blah, blah, I, blah. But, like, those tend to be 7s usually also for me. Like, I, I have a fun time with those kind of movies. Um, I, you know, when people make fun of me now for... When I don't appreciate an older, like, 50s sci-fi movie, that's boring. Like, oh, you probably like the Transformers movies? I get to be like, yeah, I like one of them. <laughs> so maybe. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go quite as high as a 7, but I, I'm not going to go negative, though. Like, I, I think it does... Like, I, I'm thinking, like, a 6. Uh, maybe, maybe a, maybe a 6.5 average, but probably just a 6. I'll just go with a 6. Uh, it's, you know, it's perfectly fine. It... it it's definitely better than those other movies and it's i think if you really care about transformers you get something out of it but totally. i've definitely seen like a lukewarm reaction like by and large to it like one from critics but also just from people who have went to see it and just generally speaking people saying that they i think there was like advanced previews of this and the flash at the same time and like everyone who like picked this was regretting not seeing the flash which for the record I am not looking forward to that Flash movie. I am very opinionated on it as a DC Comics fan. I, I am not happy about it whatsoever. I'm not seeing it in theaters. You get well, you're gonna get the Danny Elfman theme. Oh, I know. It's in the trailer. It's in the goddamn trailer. <laughs> I'm aware of that. But, but but that's my problem though. Is that like all anyone's talking about is the goddamn '89 Batman in it when it should be a Flash movie. It is not a Flash movie. It's it's a weird like multiverse nonsense with all these other. Well, no things. one's gonna see it because nobody likes the uh, leading actor anymore. I know. Well, yeah, they're miscast for a start, but like, yeah, that's a whole thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> look, I've I have been there's been some good movies this year. I I've enjoyed going to the theater for the most part this year, but uh, there's definitely some stuff that I don't want to see. And there that's there is. I do actually want to see the Flash movie, <gasps> and it's because, well, I do like the '89 Batman. I know I know there's reasons not to, but I do like it. But also, it's from the writers of Dungeons and Dragons, and they also wrote like <laughs> Spider-Man: Homecoming, and those are like really fun movies and funny. So maybe it'll be good. Okay, okay. <laughs> I expect it'll be a mixed bag, not necessarily terrible, but I imagine a lot of the things that I expect not to like about it, I'll really not like. So yeah, I'm in no rush. I'm in no rush. Uh, but yeah, so that that that'll about do is then. Uh, so yeah, we were meant to be doing Tron Legacy before this one. But it's actually kind of in a way nice that it's ended up after because it kicks off a season. We're doing a little season of movies where we're doing a bunch of number twos. No, 
Not poop. <laughs> not poop. They're just stinkers. Get that out of your head. No, we're doing a bunch of number twos to movies that we have already done. So we're starting off with Tron Legacy. Uh, and we've got some other uh, sequels planned. Uh, the finale of the whole thing is going to be Empire Strikes Back after about four or five episodes. But yeah, we're going to do Whoa. a bunch of number twos. So That's a big one. Yeah. That's um, a big number two. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Cube 2 planned. We've got... Uh, oh, that seems like a bonus movie. No, no, no. We'll do, we'll do Cube 2. I think that was one of them anyway. I'd have to double check. But uh, we're doing a bunch of sequels, so... Uh, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. You can support all the content over at patreon.com slash TV. Uh, every month you get a bonus episode at the $3 tier and up, uh, which is just usually some sort of B-movie science fiction thing. Um, this coming month, the next episode is going to be Theodore Rex, if that sounds like fun. Uh, and guess what? It turns out it's on YouTube for free. So everyone can watch it before the review. Congratulations. Uh, also, every month we have the $5 tier up, uh, the Ace Meltdown, which is basically just a catch-up thing for us, where we sit down and chat about what we've been watching movie-wise, what we've been playing video game-wise, and also we give each other a sci-fi quiz at the start, just so that there's something sci-fi themed on it, because otherwise it's just whatever. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's us uh, chatting about shit. So, yeah, you get those on Patreon, there's bonuses for the other shows. Uh, obviously, I should promote Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast that I do with Tim, and the Collector's Cut, which is the franchise movie podcast that I do with David. And, uh, you know, go and check out those and have fun and stuff. So Highly recommend. I'm a fan. That, that is the show. That is the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching the science fiction and computer at Salsa. <laughs>